Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 12th, 2022. It's a brand new year. We're in week two of 2022. Glory to God. God has some plans for us for this year. God has some, some good things already stored up for us, and our job is to discover what those things already are. Our job is to believe and receive what God has already provided. So our job is not to make stuff happen. Our job is to discover what's already done and then open up our heart to receive it by, by God's amazing, unearned, undeserved favor, His grace that goes before us and that is on us. So I hope that you're ready for 2022. I'm talking about intentional progress this year. This is a year of intentional progress for us. We will be deliberate. We will be focused. We will be disciplined and we will be dedicated. Our feet, my prayer for you is that your feet will be tied, bound to the path that God already established for you for 2022, that you will become the the man or the woman that God has called you to be for such a time as this, that at the end of 2022, you will be incrementally closer to God's overall expected end for your life. I have a lot to share with you this morning. I want you to open up your heart to receive. All right, greater is coming for you. I hope that you open up your heart to receive that. So I've been teaching a series entitled Intentional Progress in 2022, Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus. This is part five. I hope that you've been enjoying these life lessons from the life of Jesus. There's so much to learn uh, in the life of Jesus. And this is part five. I'm going to be in this for a little while. So I hope that you prepare yourself for this series and that you glean these nuggets and apply them to your life on a daily basis. I shared with you that the Lord gave me at the beginning of this year, these six steps that, you know, like it was like, okay, let's be intentional. Let's be deliberate about the the level of progress that, that we want to experience this year so that we can experience what God has already ordained. And so God told me, okay, well, lay this out like a, a map and, and this can apply to multiple areas of your life, but you, it all starts with prayer, with praying and discerning, discerning the will of the father, because it's all about him, not about us. And then once you you believe that you know what God wants you to do in any given area, then you got to plan for it. You got to prepare for it. Prepared blessings come to prepared people. Then you got to wait on on God's timing because just because you know what to do doesn't mean you know when you're supposed to do it. And you don't want to get out ahead of God. You don't want to be behind God. So you want to wait and discern God's timing. I'm going to teach through all of this. Then when God tells you to go, you got to go. And delayed obedience is disobedience. So you want to launch out and execute and then measure progress. We'll talk about that. And then you got to add patience to your faith because once you've done everything that you can do, then you got to wait on God to do what he's going to do. And so you got to have faith and patience in order to inherit the promises of God. And when it's finally time to receive, you got to receive. A lot of believers know how to give and give and give. They don't know how to receive. When it comes time to receive your harvest, doggone it, you got to learn how to receive so that it's okay. God wants you to be blessed. Some people don't know how to be blessed. Like, uh, so we're going to talk about that as well. So, so right now we're in the praying and discerning, like in the, the first part of this. And, um, and so let's keep going through it. So learning life lessons from the life of Jesus. We looked at John chapter five for a few days. Yesterday, we crossed over to John chapter six. Today, I want us to look at another passage in John chapter six, and then I have three things to share with you. So John chapter six, verses 35 to 44, the Bible reads from the easy to read version, beginning at verse 35. Then Jesus said, I am the bread that gives life. Now, no one comes to me or no one who comes to me will ever be hungry. 
No one who believes in me will ever be thirsty. Now, I told you before that you have seen me, but you still don't believe. The Father gives me my people. Now, every one of them that he gives me, they're going to come to me and I will always accept them. I came down from heaven to do what God wants, not what I want. I must not lose anyone that God has given me, but I will raise them up in the last day. This is what the one who sent me wants me to do, right? I understand what I'm here for. I'm just doing what God sent me to this planet to do. Verse 40, everyone who sees the son and believes in him has eternal life. Now I will raise them up on the last day. Now this is what the father wants. It's not about me. It's all about him. Some Jews began to complain because Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. So they said, this is Jesus. We know his father. We know his mother. This is Joseph's boy. How can he say that he came down from heaven? But Jesus said, stop complaining to each other. Verse 44, the father is the one who sent me and he is the one who brings people to me and I will raise them up in the last day. Anyone the father does not bring to me cannot come to me. <laughs> it's all about him. It's not about, there's some things I can't do and I'm not even stressed about the things I can't do. There's some things God is, if God wants me to do it, he's going to have to do stuff for me that I can't do. He's the one moving stuff around the chessboard. And so there's some things that I do by grace. There's some things I have to wait on for God to do. Let's talk about it. So what does this mean for you today? We can learn a lot from the life of Jesus. And I'm going to share three things with you this morning. This is where I need you to rid your heart and your mind of all distractions. Three things. Number one, here we go. Number one, accepting your God-given assignment and the grace to fulfill it will help you build confidence. So as believers, we should be confident. Uh, I know that some people, um, you know, kind of struggle when it comes to confidence. Now, I definitely don't struggle when it comes to confidence. And I'm going to tell you why, as we learn from the life of Jesus. So Jesus said, I'm the bread that gives life. He says, I, that's me, right? I am the bread that gives life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. No one who believes in me will ever be thirsty, doggone it. I, I know who I am and I know what I'm called to do. Jesus knew that the father had sent him to this planet to accomplish something. He knew what his, his divine assignment was. He was at peace with it. He didn't fight against it. He fully embraced it and he embraced the grace to become it. So if you ever get to this point where you're like, you know what? I know who I am. I know what God has called me to do. I'm at peace with it. I'm not fighting against it. And I've embraced the grace to become it then at that point, you will operate with a level of confidence that cannot be shaken because your confidence will be in God and not in you. Your confidence will be in the one who called you. The reason why step one of these six steps is making time to pray and to discern is because knowing the will of God must come first. Remember, faith begins where the will of God is known. So once you know what God is leading you to do and you are embracing the grace to do it, and you know I embrace the grace to do it, God's super is on my natural, then you can operate with fearless confidence because at that point, I already told you that all of heaven has your back. When I know that I'm doing what God told me to do, once again, if your boss sends you to do something and you're doing something in the name of your boss, then you have all of the power and the authority that comes with his or her name, not your name. And so you know that your boss has to have your back because they sent you to do it. So when heaven sends you out, you have the power and the authority of heaven. And so all of heaven will back you up because you're only doing the will of the one who sent you. So Jesus was humble, but he was also extremely confident. Then when you walk with God and you know who you are and you embrace the grace to become it, you can actually be humble and bold at the same time. Yes, I know that sounds weird, but it's true. You can be humble and you can be bold at the same time because you're humble because you're humbling yourself to your divine assignment. You acknowledge that everything is coming from God. It's not coming from you, 
but you also have a level of boldness because God is sending you out and God is like, hey, I got your back. So I, I grew up on um, in East New York, Brooklyn. Let me just say it this way. I grew up in East New York, Brooklyn. I'm going to say it the, the ways that some people can understand it. And they call me uh, growing up on, I, I spent a lot of time on the corner of New Jersey and Sutter, New Jersey Avenue, Sutter Avenue in East New York. And hanging out on the corner, I was known as Little Lenny. Now that's a different story for another day. Uh, but I was known as Little Lenny. I'm not going to get into why uh, that was my name, but that was my name. One of my friends, so, um, so when I was like, I guess nine or 10, one of my friends was like 17 and he, his name was Kenny. So I was Little Lenny. He was Big Kenny. And Big Kenny... Um, used to come over to my house to play Atari. And he came over to my house. The real truth is because he liked my mom's rice and beans. My mom could cook. She ain't no joke. So anyway, because of my, my mother's food, Kenny was my friend, even though he was like seven years older than me. <laughs> so here's the thing. When little Lenny was on the corner and big Kenny was around, <laughs> man, little Lenny had a whole lot of confidence. Why? Because I know big Kenny got my back. I could talk big smack. I'm selling wolf tickets. I'm talking all kind of smack because Big Kenny's here, right? And so nobody can mess with me because he's here. he's around. This dude was big and he can fight. And so, so that's how it is with God. When you know who you are and you know what you're called to do, then listen, and you know that you're only doing what he sent you to do, you know all of heaven has your back. Let me give you this, this scripture from the Rick Pina version, the RPV. Jesus was basically saying, hey guys, let me tell y'all something. Y'all all religious and stuff, but I know who I am. I'm the bread of life. I'm assigned by my heavenly father to provide life to this world. This is the life. God's life flows through my life. So anyone who comes to me will never grow hungry. Anyone who comes to me will never grow thirsty because there is divine life that is flowing from my life and this divine life will never run out. That's confidence. That's the confidence of knowing that I know who I am and I know what I'm called to do. Jesus's confidence was rooted and grounded in the father and not his own abilities. And since Jesus is our example, then we're supposed to live the same way. Once we know who we are, once we know what we're called to do, once we know that, that, that we are operating under the will of the father and the grace of God, and we're doing only what he told us to do, then we can have fearless confidence because at that point, our confidence is not in us. Our confidence is in him. So listen, you got to know who you are. You got to look at the mirror said, you know what? As Jesus is, so am I in this world. I believe what God believes about me. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to believe what God believes about me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become who, it, who, who God has called me to be for such a time as this. Now, when you know that you can operate with uncommon confidence. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to be arrogant because people that are arrogant are puffed up in their own pride, their own ability, their own power, their own strength. So you're not arrogant because I'm saying without God, I can do nothing. So, so, so no, I'm, it's not about me. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not arrogant because I can't do nothing anyway, but I'm confident that he can do all things through me. Come on now. So it's not about arrogance it's about confidence. And so now I am humble and I'm confident at the same time, because I know that the grace and the power, the anointing, the favor is all about God. It's not about me, but God's hand is on me. God's and I am who God says I am. So if you ask me, who do you think you are? I'm glad you asked. I can tell you who I am. I'm a king's kid. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. I'm a chosen generation. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only, never beneath. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I'm the winner, not the loser. I'm the victor and I'm never the victim. You know who I am? I'm a child of the most high God, doggone it. So yes, I know who I am. I'm confident and I'm humble at the same time. This is how we're supposed to live. You got it? Number two, Remaining reliant on God's grace will keep you humble and focused on God. 
See, when God starts using you for his glory, never get the big head. Never get the big head. Because you got to remind yourself that you're not the one that's doing it. So, so when you know that you're not the one that's doing it, you're not going to get the big head. But if you allow yourself to, like in the country, they'll say you start smelling yourself. If you allow yourself to start believing your own press and, and start smelling yourself and now believing in your own power, your own ability, your own strength, you're going to mess around and do something stupid. You're going to mess around and rely on you and you're going to put yourself in front of God. And that's not what you want to be. You want to always humble yourself. This is what happened to Saul. Remember the King Saul? King Saul was like, first of all, God didn't want them to have a king. They wanted a king. So it was like, okay, if you guys want a king, here's the king. And then Saul had the prophet there, Samuel, and he was anointed. He was doing what he was called to do. But then Saul got the big head and God had to send the prophet to go to Saul because Saul didn't do what God told him to do. And then the prophet went to the king and said, listen, you are no longer little in your own eyes. If you were little in your own eyes, now there was a time when you used to be little in your own eyes, but if you were little in your own eyes, you would not have done what you just did. So you always got to remain little in your own eyes. You always got to remind yourself that you're not the one that's doing it. You always got to remind yourself that even when God is using you for, for his glory, that is all about God. So when the spotlight is on you, you deflect the glory right back to God. The quickest way up in God is down, humbling yourself. The quickest way down in God is up, exalting yourself. So the Bible says that if you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you, but it's only going to happen in due season, right? But if you humble yourself, he'll exalt you. If you exalt yourself, God will humble you. I've done both. I've been in situations where God has exalted me. Ooh, that feels good. I've been in situations where God has humbled me. That doesn't feel good. So take it from me. Humble yourself so God doesn't have to humble you. Jesus said, you know what? I came down from heaven not to do what I want, to do what God wants, not what I want. So that's the reminder we have to have all the time. We are on this planet to do what God wants, not what we want. You got to remind yourself of this truth. And if you listen to me, I'm going to remind yourself of this truth all the time. You are not here on this planet to do whatever you want. You're on this planet to do what God wants. You got to remind yourself of that so that <clears throat> your confidence will be in him and not in you. It's all about him. It's not about us. So Jesus constantly reminded himself of this truth. And he also reminded the people around him that he was not on a self-seeking mission. He was on a God-seeking mission. He was not on this planet to do whatever he wanted. He was on this planet to do the will of the Father. And that's how we're supposed to live. This is a big time reminder. We are not on this planet to just suck in and blow out air, go to a few parties, have human pleasure, and then die, and then that's it. I, I know people that save up a little bit of money, and once they have a little bit of money, they go, I'm done. They shut everything down. They sell everything. In my family, they'll go to the Dominican Republic and they're like, okay, I'm just going to hang out for the rest of my life. And they're like 30 or 40 years old. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, did God send you? They're like, no, I'm just going to go to the beach. I'm going to go to resorts. I'm going to chill out. And I'm like, okay, well, there has to be more to life than that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, like you're not on this planet to just go to parties. They, 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 it's almost like they say, okay, well, now I'm done. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life on like a pseudo vacation. And, and while I, it, I definitely understand the importance of getting rest. And if you listen to me, I will talk about getting rest and rest is spiritual. I'm cool with that. Matter of fact, Isabella and I, we plan out all of our vacations at the beginning of the year because we need to get rest. We need to break away. There's times where I have to shut down today's word. Rest is spiritual. That's cool. That's, I'm not saying don't get rest, but you're not on this planet to just party. You're on this planet for God's purpose. God sent us to this planet for a divine reason. Your job is to find it 
follow it, and finish it before you die. Your job is to discover it, deploy into it, or discover it, develop in it, and then deploy into it so that you can ma manifest you know, the destiny that God has called you to do and do it while you're in the land of the living. The Holy Spirit, when you're led of the Holy Spirit, that's why when step one, praying and discerning, the Holy Spirit will lead you to choose purpose over pleasure, calling over comfort, and destiny over your selfish desires. That's why you got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We must have the sensitivity to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and then the discipline to respond when our calling is calling us. So I'm not saying you can't, you know, go on great vacations and have fun. Listen, we do that. Isabella and I, thankfully, we, we vacation well. But our life is not about beaches. <laughs> our life is about focus and, and purpose and whatever we believe that God has called us to do. And we have to submit to that. So it's calling over com comfort is purpose over pleasure every day. And then when you do that, you will get a level, level of satisfaction when you're doing what it is that God has called you to do that, that you would never get just by hanging out. You know. So at the end of the day, you got to remind yourself that you're on this planet for a reason. Say amen to that. All right, number three and final, last point for today. Knowing your God-given purpose and walking in the grace to fulfill it takes the pressure off of you. See, there's some things that you got to remind yourself, you got to take the pressure off. So far too many people take, take pressure to perform. Religion, that's why I hate religion. Religious people are focused on the pressure to perform. So you, you, you should not take on any pressure <clears throat> to perform. Jesus said, I must not lose anyone that God has given me, right? But then he said, I must raise them up in the last day. Now, this is what the one who sent me wants me to do. It's all about him, not about me. And then he said this. He said, the father is the one who sent me, and he's the one that has to bring people to me. Another translation says, no one can come to me except the father draws them to me. So Jesus was like, you know what? People are going to come to me, and I'm not going to lose anybody that God has given to me. I'm going to raise them up in the last day. But I can't make people come to me. Like, I can't make people. Matter of fact, God has called me to do this, today's word. This is one of the things that I'm called to do. I can't make you guys show up, right? Those of you that are watching now live and those who will watch later, I can't make people watch it, but God can. My job is to do what God has called me to do, to pray, to get up every morning, to prepare, to get a message. This is a lot, I mean, this is a lot of work. I've been doing this for over 24 years. Get all this stuff ready. And then at 7 a.m., boom, go live. God's part is to, to tune in, to help the people to tune in that are supposed to tune in so they can hear what he wants them to say. So I don't take on any pressure to do what I'm not supposed to do. That's not on me. There's some things that I'm supposed to do. There's some things that God has to do. And I, and I understand that. So I'm not taking on any pressure to perform. Jesus didn't accept any pressure to make people follow him. Matter of fact, you know, he was like, hey, the father was like, talk about bread, talk about blood and say, you know, if you don't eat this, this bread, if you don't eat my flesh or you don't drink my blood, you cannot be mine. And people was like, oh my God, he's talking about cannibalism. And they left. He was like, all right, cool. And then the disciples were like, man, all these people left. He was like, I don't care. You want to leave too? I don't, you can leave. If you want to leave, leave. Jesus was not like, oh my God, people are leaving the church. Stop. I'm sorry. Let me be nice. Let me be nice. Let, let's, let's, let's come up with ways. Let's throw a party so people could come to the church. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Let me give out chicken. Let me give out turkeys so people could come to the church. Jesus was like, no. At the end of the day, the father has to draw people. I'm going to do what, what, what I'm supposed to do. And there's some stuff that I can't do and I'm not even going to worry about it. So you got to learn. I hope that you're learning from the life of Jesus. There's some things that you can do and there's some things that you can't do. You have to embrace the grace to do what God has called you to do. And there are portions of your divine assignment that you can't do. 
So stop taking on pressure to do something you can't do. You got to rely on God to do what you cannot do. And when you understand this, you can be humble. It keeps you humble. It keeps you reliant because it keeps you coming right back to God. So your part is to do what God has graced you to do. And then you got to believe God for the rest. There's some things that I can do and there's some things that I can't do. So I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to trust God for the rest. And when you live this way, you can live in a stress-free environment because you're not taking on the pressure to perform. You're not taking on any pressure to do things that are beyond your control. Far too many people stress out over things they can't control. <clears throat> Let me say that again. Far too many people are stressing out over things they can't control. So if you can't control it, you can't change it. What you stressing out over it for? You do what God has called you to do and you have to believe God for the rest. Let me close by sharing this. When God told us, to build the school in the Dominican Republic and now build the church and we're about to build the church this year. Listen, thankfully, every night, pretty much every day, I, I check uh, ripministries.org and we got people all around the world that are supporting our ministry. There's no gift that's too small. There's no gift that's too large. And I thank God for you. And we pray over our partners. We speak life and blessing over you. But you know what? The money has to come from God. When God said, hey, do this, I'm like, okay, I can't. I don't have the money. God is going to call you to do something you don't have the money for. So I'm going to give, I'm going to contribute, but I don't have the money for it all. And so at the end of the day, I'm not going to stress out over something. I, I, you told me to do it. I'm going to do my part. But the rest of it, I trust you to do it. Part of living by faith is embracing the grace to trust God. You got to get to the point where you live by faith in what you know, and then you got to trust God for the rest. Don't take on any pressure to perform. Don't stress out. When you live this way, you can live in a stress-free environment. You can sleep well. Because at the end of the day, you're doing what you can and you're trusting God for the rest. These are life lessons from the life of Jesus. And I hope that you're enjoying this series. Let's close this message out uh, with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for taking the time to teach me about your grace. The more I learn about your grace, the more I embrace your grace for my assignment. I am now able to speak about my assignment with fearless confidence because my confidence is not in me. My confidence is rooted and grounded in you. I decrease daily. I die to self so you can live through me. I live my life focused on my divine purpose. Now, I am not here on a self-seeking mission. I'm here on a God-seeking mission. I will find, follow, and finish my purpose before I die. And I'm going to do what I'm graced to do. And I'm going to believe you for the rest. I do what I can. And I believe you, Father, for what I can. I refuse to take on pressure to do things that I'm not graced to do. You open doors for me that no man can close. And so I live in a stress-free environment. I embrace my grace and I trust you for the rest. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. This is a message you might need to listen to again, right? Because this is one of those where it's a good reminder. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I getting stressed out over? Did God tell me to do this? Yeah, God told me to do this. Okay. Am I doing what I, what I can do? Yeah, I'm doing what I can do. Then what am I stressed out over? 
The rest of it, I got to rely on God. Do your part. God will do the rest. I love you. God loves you. Listen, if you're not getting my notes and you want my notes, go to today's, you get the notes for free. So sign up, go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it, put in your email address. You're going to get my notes for free. There's two things I want you to do. Go into the chat right now. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share the message right now. Share it on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I'm going to continue this series tomorrow. See you tomorrow morning. God bless you.